Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 31, and oh boy, do we ever have a show for you guys this week. And um, yet again, we will be talking about the Vancouver Canucks. They just, they cannot stop with themselves. We will get into the Vancouver Canucks. Stevie Y is at it again in Detroit. Like, what the heck? I got to talk about some uh, some players that are having an all-star season. Am I going to draft my all-star team? Oh, I think we're going to have to draft an all-star team in this show. Some contracts were signed, some returns. Got to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Calgary Flames, and so much more. So let's just dig into this. It's, it's, it's a big week. So, geez, where the heck do I even start? I think we got to start with the Vancouver Canucks because, oh my goodness, what a mess. What an absolute mess. So... Let's just, okay, so let's get into the coaching situation because this one I just feel terrible about because the Vancouver Canucks organization, their owners, and and, um, the old man Jim Rutherford, they're all talking about, oh, we have our next coach in line, we're looking for our next coach, and that being Rick Tockett, and looks like they're already set in stone that this guy is going to be hired but meanwhile they're treating poor rant or not randy not randy carlisle poor bruce boudreau what the heck man like wh- why are they treating this man so badly i don't understand what what he has done to be treated this this bad just because he wasn't the guy that you wanted doesn't mean that you need to treat this man so horribly like i i am baffled i am i just feel terrible for poor bruce he like dragged that team out of the grave last year did everything that he could got the most out of the players that were struggling and turned Pedersen around helped out Brock Besser like come on dude and then yeah this season started out bad because there was a whole voodoo around the team during the offseason with all those comments from Rutherford's like oh he's not my guy I don't I don't know so there's like no confidence in the coach and that means the players aren't going to be like well how long is this guy going to be sticking around And then, meanwhile, poor Bruce, poor Bruce, man, he's sitting there with the saddest interviews of all time being like, I'm just going to show up until they tell me not to, and I mean, oh my goodness, dude, like, I know these guys, like, they make good money and all that, and it's a hard job, but I mean, goodness gracious, can we put some respect on poor Bruce's name? Like, he is uh, one of the best coaches of all time, one of the better coaches of all time. Yeah, he didn't have all the playoff success, but regular season, he's had a ton of success with the with the Capitals. He brings a lot of teams to semi-success in the playoffs. Doesn't usually get them all the way there, but regardless, man, this guy is... Uh, fantastic coach one of a treasure honestly i mean the, the bruce there it is stuff i know people don't like the chance but i mean his quotes last year he's such a fun guy he's always snacking on chips he's he's big big fucking lovable guy man like I, i'm just baffled and just kind of just sad for poor bruce like honestly i just want them to put him out of his poor misery and just let the poor guy move on and and like just do whatever you you're gonna do Jim just fire the poor guy and let him move on take a little break Bruce you know just I don't I don't at this point I I hope that everyone's on Bruce's side at this point because like I know that the, the season for the Canucks hasn't gone as planned but I feel like the treatment of poor Bruce is just uncalled for absolutely uncalled for and yeah, I would like this just to end, because this part, I think, like, let's just break it off, let's rip the band-aid off hardcore, like, let's just call this season for the Canucks, uh, just a big old disappointment, it is what it is, and I think it's time to get the ball rolling on this ball, he wants to call it a retool, I don't care what you want to call it, if you want to just take the rebuild word out of the GM's uh, dictionary, which it seems they want to do, because they don't like that word, which, hey man, I understand it, like, I went through the Vince McMahon era in the WWE, and he has a lot of those quirks. There's words that he didn't like being used on his show, such as hospitals. He wasn't allowed to say hospitals. You weren't allowed to say 
a whole bunch of stuff. But regardless, uh, yeah, they want to call it going into a retool. It doesn't matter, man. You got to tear this shit down and just rebuild whatever. I don't know if you can. I have no idea. It is really fun to watch, but also sad at the same time. I'm sorry, Connects fans, that you got to go through this and been going through this since, like, expansion, since you got into this league. Like, it's just been a disaster. You and your franchise brethren, the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, you two are just the East and West, just the most cursed teams, but Jesus, man. Poor Bruce. I feel really bad for him. What do you guys think? Is is this uncalled for? Like, I truly, I just don't, I don't understand it. Like, I think Jim Rutherford just hates this guy. He just hates him. He's just not his guy. Doesn't like his funness. I, I don't know. Maybe, can you imagine Jim Rutherford maybe bring in, like, I know it's not going to happen, but bring in Mike Babcock. Like, just the, that's usually how it goes with NHL coaches. You have, like, one spectrum. So you got, like, the player's coach, which Bruce Boudreaux, I think, is, right? And then if that doesn't work out, they're going to bring in the whole, the just the right to the other end. We're going to go with a really strict coach, a John Tortorella style. But Bab- Babcock's out there. Maybe you can bring back Michelle Thanian. I don't know. It does. It's the NHL. So I wouldn't be overly surprised if Babcock or one of those guys show back up. But my goodness, that would be a ton of fun to see Mike Babcock be in Vancouver. Just to watch the, the shipwreck. Like, it would be a lot of fun. I would feel terrible for a lot of the players and the fans, but it would be really fun for podcasts and it'd be really good for us to talk about because there'd be a lot to talk about. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I want them to move on from poor Bruce. If they decide, if that's what they want to do to bring in Rick Tockett, sure. I feel like he is also kind of a player's coach from what I could tell. I don't know from, from how much biz on the spit and chicklets and the TNT and stuff, how much he loves him and all the great stories and stuff. As long as that's the same guy that I'm, I'm thinking of, I may have it wrong, but that uh, just get it over with please that would be fantastic and uh, just let the canucks just just drown man like i really wish they would uh f- uh what go hard for bedard that's what vancouver needs to be doing man like how are they not like i know chicago is this like scientifically created in a lab team to fail as miserably as possible and they're doing a fantastic job at some point in the near future more than likely around that draft break which is soon right uh when there's not as much news i'll do like a because we're at mid-season now so i want to do like a mid-season grading and we'll uh, we'll get into that at some point. Not this show, not this show. This show I think is stacked up enough. But once uh, we get a slow week here, we'll uh, we'll do the gradings for everybody in the East and West and all that stuff. Depending on how long that goes, it might get split into two. One show I do the West, and one show we do the East. Regardless, you can look forward to that in the future. But speaking of the future what does the future hold for the canucks i want them to fail hard for bedard because the kid is from there that would be amazing i have they has vancouver ever had a talent quite like bedard i i don't think so man like pavel burry was special but it was so short and the injuries and all that crap that happened with burry and the contract situation back in the day it's just bananas and then this isn't, that's not even the only controversy that's been going on with the Canucks this week. On top of that, they have all the the Tanner Pearson injury uh, crap that's going on. So Tanner Pearson has had three surgeries now on the same hand injury that he suffered last season or something like that. And um, Quinn Hughes, who is known to be kind of a quiet player, doesn't really go out of the boundaries of the normal quotes and he's a fairly quiet player holds back but he came out this week and said that yeah I don't I don't like the way that these things were handled I think they botched it and uh, then he came back out and said uh, later on that it's like oh it's you know I wasn't saying that but anyway there is a lot of kind of question marks going around that and the Vancouver Canucks are investigating themselves and that's just hilarious because I mean, the hockey guy said it best. Like he was, he was reporting on that, and he's like, "I hope it never comes to the day that he has to investigate himself because <laughs> he did something." And it's only a two-person show over there. It's the hockey guy and his wife and, and some friends and stuff. But uh, I found that very funny. But the Canucks are investigating themselves to see if um, 
the way that this was all handled was within protocols, and according to them, everything was handled the way that it was supposed to. Sometimes surgeries go wrong, and uh, yeah, Pearson's surgery apparently got infected at one point, and they had to go back in, but it's just really sad news for Pearson because, you know, I don't, I've never had a surgery. I I need to get uh, a hernia surgery, and that will be my first one, so... I'm I'm not like scared but I mean no one wants to go through surgery it's a it's a major inconvenience and yeah it's, no one wants to go through that and having to go through three of them on the same thing in within a year I mean yeah that's terrible and now it's like could be career threatening at this point because it's just it's not going very well so no one wants to hear something like that uh, a player's career getting shortened by an injury like that and it just looks like you know from a person uh, looking inside from the outside window it does not look good on paper that's for sure but they've investigated it and apparently it's it's been uh, looked at and it, everything's within it's just a really bad situation for Pearson and his injury but uh, yeah man the Canucks are having a really bad week and on top of that they had even sadder like just just truly just the cherry on top of the bad news sunday i mean usually these things come in threes so on top of that sadly the the vancouver organization and the fans lost one of their most popular players from the 1990s gino ojik he passed away this week at the I, i believe he was 52 or 53 regardless a very young age he was an immensely popular player he was an enforcer back in the 90s early 90s just the 90s in general he had a just that's when he played and he was the protector of pavel bure when the canucks had some really fun runs in the in the 90s there with bure and that in the vancouver canucks and he was a uh, he was a treasure man for the for them. And uh, Gino Ojic passes away this week, so sadly, rest in peace for him. It's uh, you never want to hear that, especially someone uh, that young in age. But he was suffering from a terminal illness, and I mean, with the I mean, he fought it off for much much longer than what was expected. So again, it just shows that his toughness on the ice. He was also a tough person off the ice, a great person apparently off the ice. I can't attest to that because I was not watching hockey and I haven't heard of this player up until his passing and then all the stories started coming out and uh yeah i've learned that it sounds like he was a very well-respected well-loved player in the vancouver organization so uh rest in peace and uh rest those knuckles and um just uh yeah man that's that's really that's really a shame and uh just sad news for the Vancouver Canucks, so we're just going to have to do one of those awkward, sad transitions. I, well, I, I don't know. I guess maybe not because I don't think we're really done with the Canucks just yet because there's so much more to dive into with the Canucks. I mean, Bo Horvat, what the heck are they going to do? Uh, don't sign him. Please don't sign him. Don't do that. Please trade him. Please trade Bo Horvat. Like, don't do this to him. Let him get out of there. I know he's the captain, and it's going to hurt a lot for the Vancouver Canuck fans, but it's the best for everybody. Like, they need to rebuild or retool, call it whatever you want, and Bo Horvat is going to bring in a nice package to really help the Vancouver Canucks in the future. You can't hold on to this guy. You can't make another uh, JT Miller mistake where you're just, like... I'm not comparing Bo Horvat to JT Miller. Don't, don't, don't do that. It's just that they shouldn't pay a player that is just going to kind of keep them kind of in the middle. I would imagine if they continue to keep Bo Horvat around, he's a great player. Yes. But for what they want to do and retool and stuff, Bo Horvat, you're going to bring in a lot of, you could bring in some young prospects and some good picks from somebody with that. You got Kuzmenko, again, another player on the roster that has a lot of value right now. He's around a point per game. And the big thing about this guy is his contract right now because he's on a minor league uh, entry-level contract and he is producing. So a lot of teams could be interested in that. Even the Toronto Maple Leafs could be very interested in a player like that. You got a winger, young, well, not overly young but it's the contract the contract's so cheap and that is arguably a top six player 
in the NHL right now. He's got a short track record, but he's been doing quite well with the Vancouver Canucks. I would say a little bit more explosive uh, when when he puts when he has a good game. He tends to have a really good game, and when it's a bad game, it's pretty bad. But that could be more towards the just Vancouver Canucks in general, how bad their defense is. But I don't know. I've had this guy in fantasy for a while, so I've I've had my eye on him and been tracking how he's doing. He's very up and down. So like I said, but he can easily get a a good little piece i would imagine for the vancouver canucks possibly a first round pick for for uh, someone like that with that kind of contract so a lot of people are saying tampa bay could be very interested like tampa is going to be interested in a lot of players more than likely going to be snagging up a lot of those players another player on the vancouver canucks that may not get a lot in terms of value but I know the interest is quite high on Luke Shen and oh I want the Leafs to get him so 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 bad but I just don't think it's going to happen because the Tampa Bay Lightning are just as interested I don't even know if the Leafs are interested in Luke Shen I just I know the fan base is at least I am and I know other people now are starting to get on that train so I've been on the Luke Shen train for like two years now I've I've wanted them to bring him back for a while and um hasn't happened yet tampa bay's had him over there before went pretty well for luke shen when he went over there kind of won a stanley cup and i think they would be more easily he would be more easily swayed to return to the tampa bay lightning but hey man it would be really nice to um come back and maybe clean up that uh that relationship with the toronto maple leafs because i always liked luke shen man i liked luke shen when he was here i was it was more or less just the the player that was coming back that made everything kind of okay, like JVR coming back. I was like, ooh. So that that one didn't sting so much when he left because, I mean, it wasn't going very well when, when he was here. But I, I always liked Luke Shen, man. I just... He just didn't become the next Scott Stevens. And so many guys that were compared to Scott Stevens, there's never been another Scott Stevens. And we'll never see another Scott Stevens. Regardless, Vancouver Canucks have a lot of pretty tasty looking assets that i think they should just move them all man why the hell not throw your hat into the fail hard for Connor bedard ring because you guys need it and i think that would be really awesome but i don't think they should go and tear it all the way down so maybe that's what he means by a retool because i agree with a lot of people i think the core there for vancouver is still quite good with the Pedersen. you got your center arguably franchise center right there he's having a fantastic season you got Quinn Hughes, who is one of the most gifted offensive defensemen in the game right now. Now, he's not the strongest on the defense, but that offensive ability is incredible. And then you got Thatcher Demko, who has shown flashes of being that franchise goaltender. Yes, this year has been an absolute disaster, but goaltenders can bounce back. So at this point, there's no point trying to sell Thatcher Demko. His value could not be any lower. So I would try and. Uh, rebound with him next year if it doesn't happen then so be it that that sucks but that that that's how how she goes sometimes with goaltenders they're very very unpredictable but if I were the Canucks I wouldn't give on give up on them just yet I think that that's a little too early it's just this season sucks and sometimes that happens but uh, I think those three pieces right there I think they should ship off uh, Besser if if I mean, I think there's a, there would be interest as well in Besser. Don't know how much you're going to get back for him. And yeah, man, other than that, I, w- I would nail down maybe those three players. Everyone else, I would look into moving because I think that is still a savable core. They're still quite young. Yes, argue, depending how long this retool rebuild takes, which... Over the last little while, it's who knows. Like the, the Rangers did it in a year, the Leafs turned it around in like a year and a half. So rebuilds can go really quick, or you can have a Buffalo Sabres rebuild where it's like been what twelve years now, and they're they're still not out of the rebuild. Ottawa's has been quite long. Detroit's has been quite long. So yeah, rebuilds. It all depends on when you decide to do the rebuild, and if they decide to do it this year, get Bedard. That's a fantastic start to a rebuild so it could that could be your retool because you could bring in bedard you get a one-two punch of pedersen bedard holy crap that could be unbelievable right and then 
who knows you just but you got to start planning this stuff out with the Vancouver Canucks you got to get the plan you got to understand what you want to do with this team because that's been their problem for so long is that their plan has just been too inconsistent and um, too many times they've denied the rebuild where a lot of the times arguably they should have done the rebuild and uh, yeah sometimes it's a really hard pill to swallow like the Buffalo Sabres, where a rebuild can go wrong, and you got to restart the rebuild, which sucks. And that's what the Buffalo Sabres had to do with Jack Eichel. I mean, they started the rebuild, didn't get McDavid, you got Eichel. Eichel's a fantastic player. We all know what happened there in Buffalo with him. And, um, yeah, and they had to restart it. So far, so good, though. I mean, this Tage Thompson kid, if, I haven't heard too much about him, but I I think he's pretty good over there. And uh, they got some other pieces. That Darlene kid, I think he might be all right. And yeah, they got some prospects over there as well. So, yeah, I, I think the Vancouver Canucks should just absolutely tear it up, tear it down, and uh, do the best they can and just be as bad as possible. I don't think you could be as bad as Chicago. That's... That that would be a mighty task, but at this point they're they're kind of at that tipping point. They can be middling, which they're in and around. They're they're falling down, but I think just get rid of it. Vancouver Canucks fans, you tell me what do you what would you do in Jim Rutherford's or whoever is running that team right now behind the scenes puppeteering this this uh, I don't know what the hell to call it franchise, but uh, what would you do, man? I I am in the boat of tear it down, but try your best to keep. Those three pieces of, of Hughes, Pedersen, and Demko. And if Demko can't get it back next year, then then look at doing something. But that's my opinion. I'm not a GM, but that's what I would do from, from my opinion. So let's move on to uh, the, the, a team that is also doing some wacky tobacky stuff over the last little while. Uh, that is Stevie Y. He did it again, folks. He did it again. Uh... Nadelkovich has been waived so there you go and he clears so he did it again first he sends down Verona and this time he's like well I got away with it that time why not try it again and he does it again nobody takes a swing at Nadelkovich and man it's uh, it's been a weird little road here for Nadelkovich looked like he was unbelievable maybe the next big thing over there in Carolina then shockingly Carolina moves on from him, sends uh, he gets sent over to Detroit, excuse me, excuse me one more time, Stevie Y looks like a genius, and then <sighs> Nadelkovich plays, he enters the net for the Red Wings, and oh dear lord, that was bad, it was really bad, did not go well, and then everyone's like, oh god, uh, what happened to N- Nadelkovich, and it started to look like, oh wow, the Carolina Hurricanes defense and systems may be really good, and can make goaltenders look quite good, so... Yeah, it has not gone well for Nadelkovich. Too bad. He goes down to uh, clears. He's going down to Grand Rapids, going for a conditioning stint. See if it works for him. Didn't Doesn't look like it's worked out so well for the other guy that got sent down this year, goaltender-wise, in Cal Peterson over in Los Angeles. I don't believe he's come back because Phoenix Copley has just stolen the job over there in Los Angeles. Hi, you the one. Unbelievable story. I guess I'll just I'll shout out really quick Phoenix Copley. Cool little story right there. This guy is finding his game at 30 years old. Sometimes you're get, it's so weird with goaltenders, man. There's so, it's so hard to be a goaltender in the NHL, but sometimes man, when a guy is given an opportunity, all you can really do is try your best and if you can run with it, run with it, and that is exactly what Phoenix Copley is doing. And uh the Red Wings, thankfully they got Vili Huso, but Again, it looks like this is the end for the Detroit Red Wings this season. I can't really see. They're starting to fall back quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going fantastic for them. But you know who it's going really fantastic for? The Seattle Kraken. God damn it, yes. I'm, I'm, it's really weird because my relationship with the, with the Kraken has been, uh, all over the map. I'll say it again. I like the Kraken. I wanted when they first got into the league. I was all about it. I was like, "Hell yeah, Kraken!" And then Philip Grubauer happened. I fucking hated that shit. I hated Philip Grubauer, and now I'm okay with the Kraken because they're finding success without him. So I think I'm okay with the Kraken. And they just went on an eight-game winning streak. Uh, another really good streak for the Kraken right here. Sadly, it ended this week. 
they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, there's no shame in that. Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. So uh, I was rooting for them for that game. I wanted them to get that nine-game win streak. But, uh, wow, the Kraken are such a weird team, man. Now, I kind of expected this to happen last year when they first came in. Uh, actually, well, not really. I, I expected them to have some, like, success. Um, I don't know, unexpected success. But uh, that didn't really come last year. I thought last year the defensive core and goaltending looked like it was good on paper. I thought they would struggle with goal scoring. And they just kind of struggled with everything last year. But this year, they're one of the best goal scoring teams in the league. They may be the best. It's insane. They're scoring so many goals. And if you look at their sh- their team shooting percentage, it is the best of all time since that stat has been tracked. So... Yes, uh, there has been a lot of magic dust sprinkled on the Kraken this year. They got a little bit of that magic, uh, lucky dust sprinkled on them. But hey, man, that's nothing wrong with that in the NHL. There's been tons, tons of magic sprinkled dust sprinkled all over the league, except for the Leafs and the Vancouver Canucks and the Buffalo Sabres. Fuck all them. But uh, sprinkle magic dust all over the Tampa Bay Lightning and 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 the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pens and the Pens and the Pens and the Bruins and the Bruins. Anyway, yeah, the Kraken are doing really well, but um, on there's just a lot of things that are alarming about this team. I mean, Martin Jones. Uh, do I need to say a whole lot more? I mean, how is this? This guy just keeps winning. He got the first star of the week, or possibly the—I think just the week—but he got like the first star. He played fantastic, back-to-back shutouts. But uh, it's so weird. It is so weird. Vinny D, Vinny Dunn having a fantastic season. Everyone's scoring. Eli Tolvanen has been a slam dunk, making Nashville look like morons right now. I had a funny feeling, man. I talked about it when they picked him up. I was like, they could very well do exactly what they did with Daniel Sprong with Eli Tolvanen, and that's exactly what's happening. He's just getting put in the proper position, and he is scoring, man. He's got, like, more points, I think, than his whole Nashville career already with Seattle in three weeks or whatever. It's been ridiculous. And, um... Yeah, something it's just going very well right now for the Kraken. I I I was I was rooting for them a few weeks ago when I was uh going whatever when I, we did like the first third of the season to uh predict how the rest of the season season was going to go and I felt really good about the Kraken. I was I really like the way that they're playing and uh then they went on a big old losing streak. I was like, "Oh crap, I jinxed them." But now they're coming back and they're one of the better teams uh playing-wise right now in the league. They're just they're wrecking it. it. They're doing really well. They shut out the Bruins in Boston. That they're handing them their first loss of the season like that was bananas like i think that like if you didn't have your eyes any like on the kraken at that point that had to get your eyebrow at least twitching bro like if you if you don't if you are not aware of the kraken right now then look the hell out because they could do some potential damage in the playoffs we'll just have to wait and see they they could make some moves here i mean a lot of people are are wanting them to maybe go after the arizona goaltender vamelka because He's playing just ridiculous over there in Arizona, making Arizona win more games than they probably should be. And he's got a nice little contract over there. He's he's one of, if not the best goalie and goals saved above expectancy. He's been ridiculous on that. And I think the sooner you can get him out of Arizona, the better, because I don't want him to go the way of John Gibson. And I want people to put a little bit of respect on John Gibson, okay? So... Just listen, John Gibson has dealt with being the starting goaltender for the entirety of the shitty Anaheim Ducks. Like, they have not been good in front of him ever. And he has just been shelled year after year after year after year. And it's the same pattern with him every single year. He starts out on fire. He is so good, but he can only keep that up for so long with the team playing in front of him. And then he burns out and and then his season goes to shit. But like the first two months, John Gibson is generally one of the best goaltenders in the league. And then he just gets exhausted. He just cannot handle the amount of shellage that he is dealing with. And I feel like that's... I don't want that to happen to to Vimelka. If he can get into a team with a, a bit better system that's not allowing like 35 to 78 shots a game, and, and then Vimelka can just settle in and be a little bit more... Uh, relaxed as a goaltender he doesn't have to get shelled every single night and he could just make the big saves so yeah I like the idea of that happening because 
I mean, Martin Jones is getting the wins. He's been playing good and bad at the same time. But if you want to do some damage, maybe you go after Carl Vemelka. I have no idea what that price would be. I imagine it would be pretty tasty. But the Kraken got some assets, right? They got some young players that I, I, I don't know necessarily how good their prospect pool is. But uh, yeah, they have some some things that they could play around with. So I am interested, very interested to see how this trade deadline is going to plan out, or pan out. Some people are predicting it to be very crazy. But again, I've watched, I've gone through so many trade deadlines. That's the word every single year going into a trade deadline. Oh, it's going to be crazy. There's going to be so many trades, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know about that, man, because the the salary cap really screws over a lot of teams. But I can see a handful of major trades going down that are going to be big, like a Bo Horvat trade. That's going to be big if it goes down. Hopefully it does. But right now, man, the, the Kraken are looking crazy and uh, looking quite dangerous. I, I'm happy for them and, and them finding success. And a lot, just happy that new teams in the league are finding the success uh, quicker than normal. I mean... Like I said, the Buffalo Sabres and the Canucks, yes, they've had success up and around, uh, but no cups in so long and, and just had so much disappointment throughout their history. But it's nice to see teams coming out uh, and doing better because you don't want like new teams and to watch them suffer for like five or six years, like the old expansion teams of the NHL. It's not a great way to start out with an NHL franchise, and, and it killed a lot of old NHL franchises like the, like the Scouts and, and so on and so forth, but... Yeah, dude. Kraken are doing quite well. And do you know who else is doing quite well? Matt Boldy. I mean, he just cashed in, baby. He signs a nice 7 by 7 extension, $7 million for seven years for the young Matt Boldy. I, a lot of people are praising this deal. I like it. Matt Boldy is an extremely talented forward. Yeah, right now he's a little bit cold, uh, a little very cold. He's just not been finding the back in the net right now, but... That's okay when, as long as your team is winning and Minnesota's been doing a lot of winning lately, so it hasn't been too bad. And maybe this contract talk has been uh, swimming around his head a lot and that's been affecting him lately because uh, more than likely those talks have heated up considering he just signed it. So maybe now that he's signed it, it's done and over with. He's got security for seven years. That can, that can relieve a lot of pressure for a young guy. So maybe he's going to go off and light it up. He just got put on waivers in one of my fantasy leagues. So I may go ahead and claim that because he could be strong as fuck down the stretch. So look out for Matt Boldy uh, to light it up in the back half of the season because now he's getting his money and he's a young player. He seems hungry. Uh, he really just made an impact the instant he got into the NHL. He's very impressive. And I like that contract, man. He can age very, very well. We're starting to see this shift in NHL contracts where young players are getting paid for what they can do instead of older players getting paid for what they did, which just makes a lot more sense in my opinion. That just that adds up. There is some risk to that, but uh, I feel like there's just way more reward in putting your chips on a young, talented forward rather than paying a guy that, like, yes, I respect you very, very much, but sometimes those hard decisions have to get made, and, um, yeah, sometimes you got to let go of those old guys, and I'm thinking about the Detroit Red Wings after their big old uh, late 2000s dynasties, and they gave out a lot of big contracts to playoff guys that they shouldn't have given those contracts to. I mean, Darren Helm, DeKaiser, so on and so forth, right? And they're still fighting out of those those that damage that all that caused. But um, yeah, Matt Boldy, I like that contract. Minnesota fans, you guys out there listening, what do you think about that Matt Boldy contract? Do you think that's going to age really well? I think it's going to be really good, man. I, if like I'm surprised it's it's that low. I think it could have been arguably a little bit more, but I think seven by seven's good. I think Garen over there is doing a good job for kind of the the tough position that he's in right now. He got Kaprizov on a nice deal that looks fantastic, and this one could arguably be even better in the future. Uh, this guy projects to possibly be a 30 40 goal scorer in the NHL. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's too early to say just definitively as of now if that's a good contract. But it looks like a good one so far so good so hoping that one pans out we got another contract that was signed this year an interest or 
this week, not I guess this year, but yeah. Uh, Pavel Zaka is extended, gets a four-year, $4.75 million per season extension from the Boston Bruins. And I can't say that I've watched much Bruins hockey, nor would I want to, because I just can't stand it. And um, I I had an eyebrow raise when I saw that. I was like, oh, Pavel Zaka, getting, that's, that seems like a lot of money. But uh, according to Bruins fans, they like this guy. He is a bit of a Swiss army knife for them. He can do everything. And he's pretty good at everything. He's good, decent defensively. Got, got, the, uh, got the offense. He could be a center. And uh, the Bruins want to make sure that they're going to have some centers just in case Bergeron and or Krejci don't come back next year. So they want to make sure that they're going to have somebody there to play center. So Pavel Zaka will be that guy. Uh, yes, he was a sixth overall pick in the first round a, a while back for the Jersey Devils, and he projected to be a very effective top line forward. That hasn't necessarily panned out, but regardless, you got a quality NHL player, and uh, yeah, good for him. I don't know how good that's going to pan out. I'm not going to sit there and, and and wish bad bad stuff onto that player, but. If he just happens to not get a lot of points during that contract and it really hurts the Bruins, it wouldn't upset me very much. But Pavel Zaka, congratulations for uh, signing that ticket. That's very nice. I'm, I'm, I am happy that he found success. There was a lot of question marks uh, during for that trade just to see like, hey, is this Zaka kid maybe going to break out and become that sixth overall pick? No, I don't think so. But at least he's an NHL player and he got an NHL contract. So that's nice. Speaking of... Oh, well, this isn't so nice. So Robin Leonard has been in the news this week for, um, I'm, I'm a little baffled by this, but apparently Robin Leonard has, well, I don't know. I can't really say apparently cause it, it happened, but Robin Leonard filed for bankruptcy and, uh, for alle- allegedly being in debt for upwards of 50 million dollars. Holy jumping. Where, what the heck happened? Why, why are you so in debt? What happened? Um, I can't say anything. I haven't looked into it. All I know is just from what the hockey guy reported, and he's only just speculating, so I'm not going to get into it, other than the fact that, yes, there's a lot of talk that Robin Leonard owns a few exotic snakes worth a million dollars or so. Eh, okay, everyone's got a weird thing, man. Like, it's it's okay. I have a lot of video games, and I like to, I own a lot of hockey jerseys, uh, not not a whole, whole lot, but I did go on a bit of a buying spree. Everyone's got a weird thing, man. Like, I mean, some he likes snakes, so that's okay. I would never spend a million dollars on snakes or four dollars on snakes or any money ever on snakes. I don't hate snakes. I think they're actually kind of cute. Never mind. I, like, I kind of like snakes, but anyway, um, yeah, I feel, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, Robin Leonard's current contract wouldn't be able to cover that debt. And uh, this is comparable to the Evander Kane situation. He's even even dealing with the same collection agency. And Leonard apparently owes money to a lot of different companies and different agencies. So there's a whole, like, maybe he was taking out a loan to cover another loan. And then the ball just gets rolling. The taxes, bro. You got to remember the taxes. Oh, the hand thing means the taxes. But, um, yeah, I, I guess... Uh, hope for the best that Robin Leonard can get out of this problem because that sucks, dude. And, uh, Robin Leonard is a character that's for sure in the NHL. He's had a lot of very interesting stories coming his way. Uh, this one just being like the most, just, ah, come on, man. Like you never want to hear people like, you know, messing up with their money. And, uh, yeah, I just, I hope he can get it back. I don't know what the future holds for Robin Leonard, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, quite interesting to hear, uh, someone being $50 million in debt. That's just wacky tobacco, man. Um, okay, let's move into a little bit of better news. So, Freddie Anderson has been moved off of the, long, of the I guess it's long-term injured reserve or injured reserve. So, Freddie Anderson will be back. And the Carolina Hurricanes had to make a decision, a goaltending decision. A tough one, but I feel like they made the right decision in sending the young co uh, oh fuck what's his name i got this i just i oh 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 kachekov sending him down to the ahl it makes the most sense man so kachekov was the, out of the three goalies he's the only one that would be able to clear waivers i would say without i would say it's a very very good chance that anderson and or ranta would have been claimed on waivers 
And I don't think it would have been smart to trade to make a trade for Freddie Anderson or Anti Ranta because of the extensive, and I mean extensive, injury of both goaltenders, Freddie Anderson and Anti Ranta, cannot stay healthy for to save them man like they're constantly getting hurt so to have Kachekov down there for whenever it happens one of these guys are going to get hurt at some point and it's good to have that guy and arguably that's your best goaltender and to have that ace in the hole down there I think that they made the right decision if they sent off anti-ranta I think it would be a guarantee that Anderson would get hurt or something like that so I think they made the right the the right choice there maybe some of their fans are not happy with that and they feel like they should trade off one of those goaltenders to get an asset back but I don't know how much you would get back for a Freddie Anderson the contract's pretty high and anti-ranta yeah you can get something but I just don't know how much you're gonna get back for them and at this point uh, you can argue that Carolina is a contender for the cup, one of the main contenders for the cup this season. And you would, at this point, man, it's it's really smart to go in with three goaltenders because goaltenders get hurt very often, and especially those two goaltenders. So I like the move for them to, uh, to keep them all. I think that's good. And uh, speaking of good, we got some good news for the Ottawa Senators out here. It looks like Josh Norris will be returning. So that is fantastic news for the Senators. Josh Norris, one of their better forwards, if not their best forward. You could argue all you want. I don't really watch them very much. But all I know is that Josh Norris was a really good player for them last year. And he got hurt early in the season. And a lot of Ottawa Senators fans would say that that is a major reason why they're having the disappointing season that they're having right now is that they lost him. And it looks like he's coming back. That's fantastic news. As long as he's good and he's not rushing himself to come back and try and get the Sens into the playoffs, I just don't think it's worth it, man. It would. It's. I think it's just... Like, it's not impossible, but the possibilities of y'all making the playoffs, it's really, really low. The East is just so darn strong, and yeah, I just, as long as he's healthy, yeah, sure, get him back in there and get his legs under him and make sure that everything's okay, but regardless, Josh Norris returning for the Senators is fantastic news, and also the price of their franchise apparently just keeps going up. Uh, originally, it was estimated at around like 600 650 million dollars now we're talking about 800 to 1 billion dollars that they could be getting for the for the selling of the ottawa senators so that's really good for them i mean for whoever buys them that's oh man you got some balls not only do you have to buy the team but you also have to buy them a new arena whenever that day comes so it's going to be a massive undertaking and ryan reynolds is still in there he's still waiting excuse me NHL is very, very interested to keep Ryan Reynolds in play on the Ottawa Senators. They want that relationship, so that would be very good for the NHL. So that's still ongoing, so good for them. And speaking of good for, I guess, him, I just wanted to shout out freaking Travis Konechny. So he got selected to the All-Star team for the... No, wait, no, he didn't. So he didn't get selected for the All-Star team. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, hoopla, a little rabble-rabble going on over there in Philadelphia. And I was like, what's with all the rabble-rabble? So I I decided to go look at that. And it's because Kevin Hayes got selected for the All-Star game. I was like, what's wrong with that? I thought Kevin Hayes was having a a good season, a good story. Sadly, his brother passed away in the offseason. But uh, he's, he's come back and had a really nice season been a leader for his team for a long time regardless of if Tortorella likes him being the leader or not he's had an up and down season relationship wise with his coach but he got selected and people were like oh it should have been Travis Konechny I was like oh yeah is he having a good season I looked over there and I was like oh what the fuck Travis Konechny is having a fantastic little season man I was blown away I did not I had no idea that he was having the season that he was having over there so I'm gonna pull up Mr. Konechny, and we'll have a little look here at, at how he's doing over there and, and remind you that the Flyers are having a really rough season. And he's over there. He's got 24 goals and 24 assists, 48 points, man. Like, for a Flyers team that's been struggling, I was like, wow, that that is really, really good. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout him out in particular because I think that's really key. So good for you, Travis. And uh, continue if you can continue having that season, that would be awesome. Okay, I think we are just about ready to get into the Leaf Talks. So let's dive in there. 
Oh, or maybe I guess we'll do a little bit of a we'll do a, a Calgary Flames update. They're they've had a week and a, a not a horrible week, not a horrible week. I mean, they were able to beat St. Louis and then they got a win. They got the win over Dallas, not necessarily in a fashion that I liked. Uh, they came out swinging. They actually got a six to one lead in that game over the Dallas Stars. But if you heard me right, yes, that game finished six to five. So. Dallas almost came back and won that game. So, yes, the Flames got the win there. They got the two points. That's fantastic. But, oh, my goodness, man. They just barely held on. So, not an encouraging win there. It's a win, yes. And then they didn't get get the job done against Nashville. So, I mean, like I said, when I talked about their upcoming schedule, I was like, Nashville is a surging team. And UC Soros did the UC Soros thing, man. UC Soros is unbelievable, and Calgary just couldn't get a freaking goal on them, and I mean, that's not shocking when it comes to Soros, so, and then they got Colorado today, man, so that's going to be a big test, so Colorado looks like it's it's possible that they have finally awoken, and um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to feel the wrath from the Avs tonight, but I hope not. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm going to have my eyes on that one tonight. It's it's going to be a big one. And then they got Tampa Bay on Saturday. And then after that, they, they could. They have to cash in. These are must-win games. They got Columbus on the 23rd and Chicago again on the 26th. You, if you lose those games, you lose the season. That's it. They're done. They're done. Yes, I know they're currently in a playoff spot, but they're in the second wild card. So they're not safe. They're not safe. And... Um, I will give Markstrom a shout-out for his game in Nashville. He played good, but the big thing with the Calgary Flames right now is consistency. they got to start pulling some consistent wins. More than two in a row, man. you got to get more than two in a row, and they got to start doing it soon. So they got to start getting stringing together a couple three-and-ones. You know, get three wins, lose one. Get three wins, lose one, and then you can start building a nice cushion. So it's not going to get any easier, and they got to start pulling those wins together. So must win against Columbus, must win against Chicago. They lose against Seattle on the 27th. So be it. But the Flames need to win. Okay, let's talk about the Maple Leafs. They've had a pretty interesting week. So we'll start out with Mitchell Marner breaking another franchise record. He has uh, gotten a franchise best 19 game home point streak that is still current. But up until this current recording, he is at 19 games right now, passing Daryl Sittler, a record that has stands since the mid 70s. So. There you go. That's just another another one checked off the list for Matthews and or Marner for Toronto Maple Leaf franchise records. And again, if Matthews and Marner stay for the majority, if not their whole career in Toronto, they're going to own the Toronto Maple Leaf franchise record book because it, they just haven't had a lot of guys that have stayed a long time. And yeah, one day I'll get into the history of all that. One summer we'll do that. But, um, yeah, Marner, franchise best, 19-game point streak. Congratulations and well done for you, sir. Sadly, though, we do have uh, bad news for Nick Robertson, man. It's it's just, it happened again. He is having a season-ending surgery. Man, this guy cannot catch a break, dude. It's just, it really just cannot. Nothing goes right for this poor guy. Nothing like his brother, Jason Robertson. Wait, Nick, is Nick ours? Yeah, Jason is Dallas's, so... Yeah, another major injury for him. And at this point, man, I do not know how how good the future is going to be for this player. I just don't know if it's destined. But I am rooting for you, man. And I, I feel absolutely terrible for this player. He's just had zero luck. Absolutely zero luck. Not only does he have injury problems, it's just the COVID thing. Like, it just sucks, man. But And on top of that, to have his brother, like, having so much success. Like, you can't help... But wonder, like, man, could he have become a player in and around that skill level? I mean, who knows? But I hope one day we get to find out. So let's get into the Toronto Maple Leafs games over the last week. They had four games this week, so let's just dive right into it with Game 1. Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Nashville Predators on the Leafs' dad trip, so that's always fun. And they get the victory here, 2-1, to one. so much better, much better looking game score-wise. You like those? Like, I know it wasn't the most overly entertaining i guess but i enjoyed the game so sadly this game had no austin matthews so that was that that's never fun but bobby mcmahon making an impressive leafs debut in this game he had a pretty interesting week we'll talk about him uh crazy early save in this game by matt murray i mean oh my goodness just outrageous save and sorrows also playing absolutely out of his mind especially of late hundreds 
hundreds of saves. And wait, sorry, he had 100 saves in his last two games coming into this one. So yeah, he had that like 60 plus save performance, and then came right back with like a high 30, 40 save percent. Another game, like yeah, Soros is doing the Soros thing again. So. And people keep talking about, oh, he's the shortest goaltender in the league. Who gives a shit? He's one of the best goaltenders in the league. Let him be short. 5'11 isn't short. Shut the hell up. I'm 5'10, so I'm not that. Shut up. All right. Forsberg. Philip Forsberg, again, has been red hot. And uh, that rookie, Parsonen, has been really playing quite well for the Nashville Predators. Forsberg does this, like, every single season, man. Like, he generally starts out, like, not on fire, but his back, like one half or back third of the season he is just on fire so i have him i drafted him this year expecting him to do that thing and it looks like he's starting to do it so yeah forsberg does this often but that young kin parsonen they look they look like um they look like a good pairing they connected really nice uh nicely on the one goal that they got in this game uh, the Leafs' power play was getting shut down a lot uh, this week because they didn't have Austin Matthews out there, so that really was affecting their power play. And then Nino Nina Ryder just blindsides David Camp in the head. The refs don't call anything. The crowd is really, really uh, not happy about that. Or, well, I guess the Nashville crowd was happy, but I was not happy. Camp gets pulled out of the game for concussion protocol. So yeah, the refs having another fantastic week. And that's not the only thing we'll be talking about, about the refs this week. Nashville takes an undeniable double minor with four minutes left in the third period. Marner makes the Predators pay. He buries it off a fantastic passing play from Willie. Willie is just, oh my God, he's so good this year. So good. What a year for Willie. It was a really fun goaltending duel of a game. Matt Murray coming out ahead. Fantastic game for both him, uh, Matt Murray, and UC Soros. That was a, a fun performance from them. An encouraging performance for us Leaf fans because we've been a little nervous with the goaltending lately. But uh, that was an encouraging game for sure. And then it got even better. So the uh, Toronto takes on the Detroit Red Wings. We win that. They win that game. Not we. I won't say we. I'm not on the team. Toronto wins that game four to one. Yeah, another. This is just another one of those blacked out games for me. I got the Sportsnet now thing, and uh, yeah, it just it, it's always going to be frustrating when that happens. I just don't understand. I just hate the blackout thing. So yeah, uh, no Matthews again in this game, and then. Mr. McMahon, he he is involved in this game again. He gets his first NHL goal and his first NHL goal called back. So that sucks. A lot of talk around that goal. A lot of controversy. I didn't get to see it live, but I saw it. And uh, I the rule is the rule. Like, apparently that's not a goal, but what the fuck, man? It went off the dude's fucking skate. And, and just give him the goal. Just, just give him the goal, for God's sakes, but... Yeah, that sucks for for Mr. McMahon. I do believe he still hasn't gotten his goal yet, but Samsonov was playing in this game. He he made a freaking he he entered the paddle save emporium. He makes a beautiful paddle save. Yeah, he was making a lot of big saves in that game, man. It was a it was a good game for him. And what else did I write down? The Leafs offense and especially the power play has been was missing Matthews this week. I mean, they're a totally different team without Matthews out there because Matthews draws so much attention from the teams that I have to try and cover him because Matthews is so good at slipping away. And a shot, of course, is as dangerous as ever. You got that magic of, of just, oh, I mean, yeah, the team is different looking without Matthews out there. Still get the win, though. And then the big game happens. The Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Bruins on Saturday night and they didn't get the job done man they lose to Boston four to three Matthews is back in this game uh been a lot of talk that he is still fighting an injury and has been fighting an injury all season long but he's still on pace for 40 goals so he's he's playing good it just he could be playing a lot better if he was fully healthy Matt Murray absolutely robbed Brad Marchant right at like really early in the game that was an unbelievable save and I love that he did it on Marshawn and Marshawn you can tell like his heart ripped inside like Ralph Wiggum but uh he held his own he he didn't make it look like it hurt his feelings that he got robbed like that but it totally did you I know he like smashed a chair in that first intermission because he didn't score right there Allmark though he didn't want to get upstaged at home in Boston he had multiple incredible saves himself we we note the the big paddle throwing save that he made I don't care it was a big awesome save it is what it is uh 
we got a really good hockey fight. That was rare. I uh, pleasantly surprised to see this one. Well, honestly, I think they let it go on a little too long, but uh, it was nice to see Wayne Simmons fighting Nick Foligno, a former Leaf, and a really good tilt. A lot of respect shown at the end of it, right after freaking Wayne Simmons almost took Foligno's head off with that punch, and he's like, good fight, man, good fight. But uh, that was fun. That was really good. Crowd into it. Unreal tying goal there by Matthews. I think that was the 3-3 goal. Just in so tight, and he shelves it top shelf. Like, oh my goodness, that was nasty. That made me go just, oh, that just, oh, cream fest. And then... In typical soul-crushing fashion, the Bruins take the lead with, like, just a little bit over a minute left in the game to win. And, uh, yeah, that absolutely sucked. I mean, it hurt, but at least Brad Marchand and Bergeron messed up the, the empty netter there at the end, so so they didn't get that. So that was good. Uh, regardless, though, the game was entertaining. Huge win for the Bruins, man. That's just that's gonna pretty much solidify their first place in the East, man. Like, yeah, the, the Leafs had a slight, maybe tiny chance of catching them, but not really. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but damn, dude, the Morgan Riley Connor Timmins pair was fucking terrible, absolutely terrible. So, uh, I think it just falls down to the other pairings being so good they can't split them up, like Geo and. Was it Geo and Hall and Lilligren and 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 uh, Sandine? They've been really good. They didn't want to split them up. So Timmins gets locked in with Morgan Riley, and yeah, it was fucking bad. They were really bad. And then the giveaways by the Leafs caused them this game, man. I mean, what was it? John Tavares and Marner both making really bad passes that led straight to goals. So again, man, like they they got to clean up those just brain dead mistakes that happen just brain farts that always seem to happen against the Bruins that like unexplainable like it's like this doesn't happen with these players that often I mean a little more often with Marner but the Tavares one was just like what the heck were you thinking like Tavares no you don't do that but uh, it was a good game. It was a good. It, it was good. It felt like it had a playoff atmosphere. I always love watching. I mean, like I won't watch a Bruins game, but I have to give it to the atmosphere in Boston. It's always incredible. So we had that as well. And then the final game this week. Oh my goodness, the Gone Show of the week. Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Florida Panthers, winning this one five to four in overtime. Oh my goodness, uh, Matt Murray having a disaster of a game. Four goals on eight shots. So, uh, yeah, that was an ouch. I'm surprised they let him stay in there for that fourth goal. I feel like he should have got pulled on that third one for sure. But um, Samsonov comes in. He freak, he saves us. He saves the game, man. He came in, made the big saves when we needed it, kept us in that game. And, uh, again, just another brutal job by the referees. Messed up numerous calls throughout this game, pissing off all the coaches, especially Paul Maurice, who had a lot of nice words for the referees after this game. The Lilligren penalty was just fucking outrageous, dude. They they all the referees all gather together. They get the wrong guy, and then they talk about it, and they get the wrong guy again, and it's just wrong. Everything's wrong. So that was just a fucking mess. So let's just take out reviews in the NHL because they even if they review it, they get it wrong anyway. This game, there were so many penalties in this game. But only in the first half. The second half, nothing. So in the first half, 15 penalties in total. My goodness. I was like, what is this? Like NHL online when people don't know how to stick check and there's just so many penalties. But this was an outrage, man. And then the referees just said, that's it. No more. They put the whistles away. Just a fucking gong show of a game. And then Willie gets a penalty shot. Everybody was happy about that. He doesn't he doesn't cash in, so that that made the Florida Panthers fans a, a little bit less upset about that. But Willie does cash in on that overtime winner. Absolutely beautiful goal. Shoves it in there backhand and he had a fantastic game. Two goals and an assist. Willie Oh, oh my goodness, I, that was a ton of fun of a game. I mean, you don't like to see that performance out of Murray, but it's encouraging to see that Samsonov came in there, was able to clean up that mess. The team was able to rally, and you got to get those wins sometimes, and it was a rally of a win. And I'm not going to lie, not to try and sound like a douchebag, but once Matthews scored, I had a really strong feeling that the Leafs were going to win this game. Now, 
that's just a feeling because i mean they brought up the stat that florida is like if not the worst one of the worst third period teams they're just atrocious in third periods and the leafs were starting to turn it on and they were coming in strong on the third period so i was like i i was like at minimum we're tying this game up and then they came out and won it in overtime so that was nice to see really fun game i enjoyed that one quite a lot probably probably my favorite game of the week i mean if they beat the bruins that would have been it but I can't, I can't say a, a Leafs loss is my favorite game of the week. So I'll, I'll go with the the Florida one was a lot of fun. That was good stuff. Okay, I think, I think we'll do it. Okay, let's just do it. So I am going to draft my All Star team now. This it's not going to be your typical NHL, not your NHL rules. There's there's no fucking rules. I'm just picking who I want, and I'm picking twelve forwards from the East. Six from six defensemen and two goaltenders from the East. And the same for the West. 12 forwards, six defensemen, and two goaltenders. That's it. That's all I'm picking. So, and there's no rules. I could pick as many players from from whatever team. So, for the East, you got uh, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. Um, uh, 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 who's, who's another guy on the Leafs? Uh, all of the Leafs are on, on this. No, just kidding. We're not, there are, I am going to put a lot of Leafs, but not all of them. So in all seriousness, this is just for fun. So you can draft your own team if you want to. I just wanted to do it because I don't like the all-star game and I think they should change all the rules and especially bring back the draft. I loved when they would draft the players themselves. That was a lot of fun. I mean, the Phil Kessel stuff, like what a moment. Anyway, uh, my all-star team uh, selections for the East forwards. We got Alexander Ovechkin, no doubt. Sidney Crosby, no doubt. Mitchell Marner, all right. William Nylander, Austin Matthews. So I got three Toronto Maple Leafs, but they're all forwards. I, I don't have any of the defensemen, so there you go. Yes, I am being a little bit Leaf biased, Um I honestly had only Marner and Nylander, but I was like, I can't not put Matthews on there. I mean, he's having a great season himself, and he's hurt, so I, I had to give, I had to throw him in there. All right, continuing on with the forwards: David Pasternak, Nikita Kucherov, Tristan Thompson, Thompson, the Thompson, the big Thompson guy from Buffalo, Maddie Kachuk from Florida, Jack Hughes from New Jersey. Steven Stamkos and the guy I talked about earlier, I had to shout him out and I'm going to give him even more props, Travis Konechny. So there you go. That is the forwards for the East. Now defense, you got Rasmus Dahlin from Buffalo, Adam Fox, the Rangers, Dougie Hamilton, New Jersey, Brandon Montour from Florida, Noah Dobson from the Islanders, and then I can't make a decision, so I'll let the Bruins fans or you guys decide between Lindholm and McAvoy because Lindholm was so strong at the beginning. His, it was amazing, and then McAvoy came back, and he's been really good. But personally, I would give it for that beginning of the I would kind of move a little bit towards Lindholm. So I would select Lindholm, but I wouldn't be upset if it was Mac, Mac, McAvoy, McAvoy, whatever. And the goaltenders. This one was a little tough, but I'm going to go with – I'm just going to – I'm just going to go with the easy one. Shesterkin and Allmark. So you got the Rangers and the Bruins in there. I forget who the other goaltender that I had written down there for the East. I'm trying to think. I can't remember. Anyway, so that is my Eastern team. And now for the West, for your forwards, you got Connor McBaby, McDavid, of course. You got Leon Dreisaitl, of course. And then I'm going to shout out Ryan Nugent Hawkins, who I think is having a fantastic season always getting under you know underappreciated because he's got Leon Draisaitl and McDavid in front of him and Leon doesn't really always get the shout outs that uh, he's got McDavid in front of him so I'm giving a shout out to to the Nuge man he's having a really really awesome season so good for him you make my all-star team uh Kirill Kaprizov Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Jason Robertson from Dallas, Kyle Connor from the Jets Elias Pedersen from the Canucks, Bo Horvat from the Canucks, Timo Meyer from the San Jose Sharks, because, dude, this guy has been on fire, and his beginning of the season was terrible, and he's still doing this good, and he's on the Sharks. I have to give him a shout-out, and he's making my team. Kevin Fiala, rounding out the forwards for the West, and now for the defense, got Eric Carlson 
from San Jose, Josh Morrissey from the Jets, Kale McCarr from the Avs, Roman Yossi from the Predators, Miko Heskinen from the Dallas Stars, and Quinn Hughes from the Vancouver Canucks. So a lot of Canucks on there. See, they, they, they shouldn't be this bad. They got a lot of guys that I think are really good. And then their goaltenders, Connor Hellebuyuk from the Jets and UC Soros from the Predators. I mean, I have to give it to UC Soros, man. He's just so freaking good. So that is my for fun all-star team without any rules. I could pick whoever I want. As many players from one team, I could draft the whole Leaf team if I wanted to, but I didn't. So there you go. And that is just about everything. Let's just quickly look ahead at the Leafs schedule for this week, upcoming week. So you got the Montreal Canadiens this Saturday. Uh, Are we at home or are they... Ah, oh, dang. I, I like it more when it's in the Bell Center. Bell Center's a lot uh, more of a, of a rowdy crowd, but should be a fun atmosphere in Toronto. Then you got the Islanders on Monday, the Rangers on Wednesday. So, got New York and Montreal. So, that, that sounds like a fun week. The Ranger game should be a lot of fun. The, the Islanders are a very interesting team. So, I, I look forward to watching those games this coming week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. It is Wednesday, so... You know, I hope this show is getting you through your day. If you're working, you're at school, you're just fucking chilling at home, doing whatever. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did so, you can message me on Twitter or you can go to my YouTube channel, GamerGXVideos. Over there, I am playing Until Dawn, a fun, fun little horror game. So you can go over there and check me out. Getting scared at the YouTube channel. All the links are down below. And you can go back and check out the previous episode on Monday. I took a, a look at the massive video game, The Witcher 3. I just had to do an episode on it. Uh, Even though I'm not completely done the game yet, I had, I think it was my longest episode so far, and I plan on doing a second episode for The Witcher 3. So go over there, give The Witcher 3 a listen, and any of the old prior episodes of the GX GamerCast, there's over, what, over 20 of them you can go back and listen to. I just, I talk about any games, man. I do old games and just whatever I want to talk about, I'll talk about it. And um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. We got the Wrestling Recap Show is going to be on Saturday. It's We're gearing up here for the Royal Rumble, which is next weekend. I cannot freaking wait. And uh, oh, buddy, that's going to be a good time, which means we're getting closer to WrestleMania, which means we're getting closer to my wrestling award show, which will be taking place in April. I'm already getting the list together, together, together for the awards so i'm having a ton of fun putting together my award show for the wrestling that'll be a lot of fun can't wait uh yeah man it's gonna be a good one and i hope you guys have a good day and uh go least go as always and go check out some of the prior episodes again the links are all down in the description you guys have a fantastic get fantastic what fantastic day have yourself a good one and as always you will hear again from me soon (laughs) 